up, nerds? <laughs> uh, you know, nerdy stuff. Nerdy stuff is up. We have a catchphrase. Is that is it our new catchphrase? Yeah. What's up, nerds? Oh, yeah. That's what's on. What's the up, new, nerds? On the new show, new year, new catchphrase. Mm-hmm. We take listener submissions, and this week the number one uh, vote getting suggestion was "sup, nerds." So <laughs> we're gonna give it a try. See if it sticks. Next week we'll get stuffed into lockers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week. Yeah. You know, my son. My son has stolen my uh, my look at this guy shirt. <laughs> Can you believe that? That is a serious crime. Yeah. Look at that kid. Fits him pretty well too. He's getting big. Or oh. he's just very proud of Dad's podcast. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> <laughs> the other one <laughs> but to be uh, fair he has not heard the podcast so to give you an update follow up from a couple weeks ago my raspberry pi nintendo emulation setup is working oh, yeah. for war and it's awesome really nice. okay all right yeah i um i have every nintendo super nintendo uh atari 2600 and n64 game loaded up the n64 games sometimes can can choke a little bit um but it's mostly fine but it's been awesome rediscovering these old you know nostalgia inducing games has been great i got my kids playing nba jam with me um a lot of companies i have learned make uh remote controls that look like classic remote controllers or, yeah uh, or video game controllers look like the classic ones i've seen a few of those i i was talking so last week our uh, guest because you were not here was james tom james thompson and i was talking to him after the fact about uh your emulation plans and he said he suggested because I already have a Mac Mini hooked up to my TV that apparently there are some good solutions for that. Well, yeah. it's not quite the same, you know, build it in a box, but it'd probably be cheaper. I um I did uh I ended up with now a Bluetooth Super Nintendo controller in addition to one that is connected via a series of ex- USB extension cords. <laughs> the couch is fairly far from the television. But um well, it's just, been great. Look at this guy with this giant room with his couch yeah, so right, far yeah. from his television. It is an overly large room. I'm not gonna lie. It, it's stupid. It um, has to be because it's an IMAX screen. Are you playing in the theater? <laughs> no, not in the theater. Uh the um NBA jam with my kids is a delight. Uh they're really bad at it. Uh but it's still a delight. <laughs> oh, it means you can win every time though, right? That's the True. advantage. Well, I typically try to put That's them on why it's my a delight. Team. I try to put them on my team. <laughs> And then it's like, okay, I'm passing the ball, now shoot it. And then their character just stands there, or they shoot only full court shots because they constantly mix up the passing and shooting buttons. It's that sort of thing. Or they get right to the basket and then pass it back to me. Like, those kind of things. <laughs> um, and also, they're really bad on defense. Like, run towards the loose ball. What? Uh, but they're having fun. Um, and I like when you make fun of your kids. It's pretty funny. <laughs> they like it, too. Uh, now, I've made it extra nerdy because... Uh, I don't know why, but the Raspberry Pi, at least the one that I have, has no power switch, right? So you can shut down the software, yeah. and then the, 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 the Pi still has power feeding into it, which I don't like. Uh, because then to turn it on again, you have to unplug and replug in the power cable, and that's stupid. So I bought the cheapest Alexa hooked up outlet doohickey I could find. <laughs> and so oh now you God. say, Alexa, turn on Nintendo. And then even better, because I, I didn't want to say Raspberry Pi, that seemed lame. So you say, Alexa, turn on Nintendo, and then the outlet goes on. The TV is smart enough to say, hey, a new input source became available. So it turns on, and then it's like, it switches to the right input, and it's like amazing. It's, that is, it's the it's, most futuristic yeah. Nintendo setup. It, that's, and the kids that's are smart awesome. enough that they just run up and start playing it. Exactly. <laughs> 
I uh, I was I thought you were gonna say you made it extra nerdy so that if you want to save your progress, you have to hold the reset button and then turn the power off. <laughs> Classic. No. So wait, okay. So as long as we're on the topic of Nintendo, uh, are either of you yeah. in the market for a Nintendo Switch? Nope. Eventually. <laughs> oh, nope, and eventually. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I might be an eventually, but it's it's not one that I would be feel a rush to buy. It's certainly not one I would buy new. Yeah, the th- I mean the 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 thing that I really want, of course, is the new version of Mario Kart, and that doesn't come out until April. Well, it's not even the new version too; it's just a remix version yeah. of the uh, Wii U version. Yeah, but still. <laughs> so I've been reading a bunch of reviews. It's of still, this. I need to play. I, I need know. to play Mario Kart on I'm every platform. You. I'm with you. I love Mario Kart. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Nintendo first party title. Um, I looked at a few reviews because uh, I was curious, and the consensus seems to be that as a handheld. It is like top of the game, top of the line for Nintendo. Like it, it, it is definitely a huge improvement over its previous handheld offerings. But as a TV-based console, it's probably going to be a little bit lackluster, especially compared to the competition, um, because of the just like the graphics horsepower that it has. So, you know, maybe nice if you want to like play certain games that you aren't going to otherwise play on the go. And really, honestly, aside from smartphones and like you know smartphone OS type things. Are, there aren't really any other players in the handheld game market anymore, right? Is PlayStation still making one of their things? I don't think so. I think they killed it. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, like, that's a market they can basically more or less own, assuming they can compete with smartphones, right? Which is which mm-hmm. is not easy because you have your smartphone with you all the time. Um, but it does have, you know, built-in controllers and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like they're trying a bunch of things. I think my biggest worry with the Switch is it looks like they're throwing everything at the wall. <laughs> Like, oh, it's got detachable controllers, and then you can combine them in all these ways. It's also got motion control, and you can use a kickstand and play with multiple people, or you can dock it to a TV. And apparently it's like when you, you know, it's a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none possibility, where it's yeah. just like, it's okay at a lot of those things, but it's not particularly good at any of them. Well, then those controllers look awfully small, right? That is one complaint, too, is yes. if you're using them yeah. in the standalone thing, where you can just, like, mm-hmm. slide them off and give one to your friend, they are apparently right. pretty small. If you clip, if you use them them with the handheld or, like on the bracket they're apparently Mm -hmm. fine but yeah Yeah. that's again you're limited by form factor and what you can do with that so it's interesting i think 300 bucks it might be a bit steep for me but we'll see if they come down one of the suggestions i think was from ours technical review was they should just ditch the includes the dock to hook it up to the tv and they're like just they they sell it separately as well but they're like look just take it out of the default bundle charge you know 50 to 100 dollars less and yeah you know treat it as a handheld that you can dock to the tv if you want to yeah i mean that's one of the nice things about the 3ds is it's so re- reasonably priced yeah or, yeah you know has been right like 150 and bucks or something like it that. it still sells like crazy they were saying in one of the articles i read like the um what was the new pokemon game that came out last year like sold incredibly well so mm-hmm. even on old hardware they're selling good games but um yeah so i don't know I don't play as many games as I'd like to anyway, so maybe this would just be another money sink for me. <laughs> so what Mario Kart on my iPhone? That's all I want. Nintendo, come on. Yeah. That's not happening. I don't play any racers on, the, on iOS, and, which is kind of weird because it seems like it's actually not a bad platform for that because the steering is one of the things that you could do easily. Um, but we, we used to have, we used to have this game, we used to play Cro-Mag Rally when it came out, when, oh, like, when the, you know, app store first opened up, Hank and I would play that all the time. 
but I haven't played I haven't played one of those things in you know eight years. Like I've I've been playing Mario Kart Eight on the Wii U. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the number one complaint that people have about it is the battle mode where they had eliminated battle fields for battle mode, <laughs> um, and so instead you're doing battle on regular oh, race tracks. Race tracks. Um, I read a, an impassioned defense of that approach, which says like it's just different from battle <laughs> mode. But now I saw that in Mario Kart Eight, whatever they're calling it, expanded edition for the Switch, uh, they have added back in arenas, which is the right move. Uh. <laughs> Thank God, not, I, I love the I love it that the internet felt ne- necessary to um to provide us with an impassioned defense of. Oh yeah, of course you can't not do that. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know, but it, I will say, like, we have the Wii U, and we really love it. The kids use it um, almost every weekend, and this Raspberry Pi emulation setup is really... Uh, I thought I would enjoy it, and I do, and I'm, I have been delighted and surprised to see how much my kids are having fun with it. It sounds it sounds cool. I'm, I, I think that will be my next project. I may just start out with a Mac Mini-based version and see how that goes, but I need to uh, invest in a Bluetooth controller is the, is the mac mini one is that just an app an application or yeah i think it's yeah. just a it's just an app uh i'm trying to remember was it open emu was the one that's that the they, one yeah open okay emu for yeah the mac. so that's so, how i tested the roms that i initially you know carefully ripped painstakingly from each of my consoles <laughs> yeah bit by bit <laughs> bit by bit took some yeah, time was, <clears throat> that was another question i had but i wasn't gonna ask that on the air that's yeah <laughs> that, uh, you, we'll tell we'll you, talk later i i simply <laughs> bought from a friend uh, every Nintendo game that ever existed, and then I carefully hmm. ripped their nice. arms. It took a while. Good yeah. for you. Um, but you know, how would you even do that? <laughs> Use one of those turntables that plugs into a USB port. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they. I didn't know they were on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the original, the really old John. The way it works is you you have a video camera pointed at your screen. You play every inch of the game, and then the computer decompresses it oh it just remembers it that makes Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense actually speaking of things that make sense (laughs) gentlemen if you run or manage a small business then you know that keeping up with the human resources paperwork can be extremely overwhelming the daily grind of resolving payroll issues chasing down data filing organizing and dealing with messy spreadsheets can really get in the way of you being able to focus on the employees but luckily We have a solution for you, and it's called Bamboo HR, the complete online HR management software for small to medium-sized businesses. Everything about Bamboo HR is designed to make life easier for business owners, human resource managers, and even employees. It's easy to use. It's a centralized system for keeping organized and detailed records of every employee, from salary information to benefits to training history and more. You don't have to worry about remembering to log an employee's time off because Bamboo HR does it for you, and it's accessible from the cloud at any location at any time. So no more file cabinets, no more spreadsheets, no more horribly messy whiteboards. I have flashbacks to the messy whiteboard approach. And now for a limited time, if you visit BambooHR.com and click on the microphone and enter the offer code REBOUND, you'll get a free 14-day trial. Try it and you'll wonder how you ever got along without it. HR paperwork solutions made easy. Obviously, not every single listener of the REBOUND is going to have this wide end, but the few that do, you really do want to check it out bamboohr.com click the microphone enter code rebound for a free 14-day trial bonus exciting news when i did my training call with bamboo hr to learn more about them i got to make dan more jealous because i was on the call with josh molina from the west wing weekly this is true i am i'm a little jealous (laughs) bamboohr.com rebound thanks bamboo (laughs) hr.com and rebound yeah uh so here's my question for you guys uh Apple Music 
Or should we not call it Apple Music anymore, since it may soon have more than just music? Oh God! <laughs> I, I like just, I like, just like we don't call don't call iTunes iTunes anymore. I like to judge John's reactions like that. I want that's how I know I've picked a good topic when John has a <laughs> oh God. Okay, but I do either of you read the? Um, there's a lengthy interview in Complex with uh, uh, Zane Low. Um, with the Larry Jackson, who's the head of Apple Music, <laughs> and Bozema St. John? No. Nope. Okay. There's a lengthy Skimmed interview. It. Skimmed it. With the three of them, talking about the future of Apple Music. Of course, everybody picked up on the sections where they're talking about it. Like, as um, Jimmy Iovine also said over the weekend, talking about it being more like... You know, they're sort of, it seems like they're de-emphasizing the music, or at least mentioning that in order to compete with a lot of these other services that they are thinking about bundling in you know basically in-house video content as well some of which we already knew about right the carpool karaoke the dr dre show which i think is called vital signs now or has been mentioned and the um planet of the apps thing um but now it sounds like they're trying to get into like like real ev drama type stuff so i don't know if you guys have have feelings do you have feelings (laughs) i I don't think anybody in that space, meaning like Netflix, Amazon, even Hulu, is afraid of Apple on this topic right now. And I'm not trying to make a, you know, they're not just going to waltz in here, (laughs) cell phone moment. But until they have a broader video subscription program, I don't think their original programming is going to eat Netflix's lunch. I don't think so. I I don't think so either. But I think, I mean, that is the fun, one of the fundamental tricky things with the current way video streaming works is it's, it's not a zero sum game. A lot of people probably subscribe to multiple things because the all the sh- there's no place that you can get all of the things that you want to watch, except for maybe cable, right? Like, you know, right now there aren't any digital streaming packages that have everything. If yeah. you want Netflix originals, you got to go to Netflix. If you want HBO shows, you got to go to HBO or Amazon. You know, if you want uh, CBS shows, like they've got their own service, right? Like it's kind of... It's kind of super fractured. So there's no reason Apple couldn't, you know, waltz in the market and say, hey, we're going to have our own video. And if you're paying the 10 bucks a month for Apple Music already, you get that, you know? And if you, if I assume that they want those, you know, they mentioned in the press release, obviously they compared like, oh, we're, we're going to develop stuff like, you know, Westworld or Stranger Things, two of the most popular shows of the last year, because <laughs> obviously that's how you set your benchmarks. But the idea being, if they can create a show that becomes like the water cooler show everybody's talking about, they can draw in customers. So far, it doesn't sound like they've uh, <laughs> hit that <laughs> hit that mark. Well, I mean, I don't think any of the stuff they're making now is super compelling. But again, it's all added, yeah. right? Like people, yeah, right, are already. Paying. I will say, at least anecdotally, I do have um, a lot of non nerd friends who only have one or the other between like an Amazon and a Netflix. Um, okay, all right. And they're like, well, yeah, we just don't see those shows because we picked this one over the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, actually, when it's people making that decision, they're going with Amazon. Because, you know, they can get all the other Prime stuff with it. Right. And you can get HBO and some of the other stuff on there, too, now. So Amazon's made some good content deals. I think the interesting thing is to compare. There isn't really a service that offers both video and music streaming. I'm going to put an asterisk next to Amazon because, as, you know, Lex, you have complained yourself, the default Prime music library is pretty shitty. So uh, if you want... I think that's unfair. I think it's pretty limited. I don't think it's, it's not bad songs. It's just not all the songs you want. 
that's kind of what I was saying. Uh, okay. yeah. Well, I mean, if well, you want all the music, that's, that's how I took that. If you want the if you want the full extent that you're going to get on Apple Music or Spotify, you got to pony up for the eight bucks a month in addition to your Prime membership, which is fine. Right. But like, which I do, yeah, and as do I. And so there's, you know, Apple's trying to up their game, right? Because if you start looking at Spotify versus Amazon Unlimited versus Apple Music, you know, you very quickly come to the conclusion. I think that they're they're largely pretty similar. It just depends on like your platform and what you want to use. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I think Apple could do, listen, I'm in, a, I work at a company that's working to do original content. It's not video content, it's audio content, but you know, we, the biggest thing we spend money on is making original shows. Hi, wall street. And, um, <laughs> not this show though. The show is unoriginal. <laughs> right. Well, this, we have, we have a lot of third party shows that we don't invest in directly like this one. Um, but, you know, I get why you'd want to do it, right? The costs are insane and the margins are good. Um, so you don't want to do it because the costs are insane. You want to do it because the margins are good. Uh, and so it makes sense that Apple would want to get into video content. If it's part of your Apple Music subscription, that's a word I almost said properly. But if it's part of your Apple Music account, that seems weird to me, right? Like if I'm paying uh, X dollars a month to get access to all of Apple's music, uh, or all of Apple Music, and then like two or three streaming TV shows. That's weird. If they have a robust library, then it's you know then it's compelling, and it'll be annoying because I love that you know Amazon Music is so tightly integrated with the Echo and everything else, uh, and that it's a little bit cheaper because I already have a Prime subscription. But you know I'm open to it. I'll, uh, my allegiance to music streaming and video streaming is pretty minimal. It's like where's the best easiest access to the stuff I want to watch slash listen to. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's commoditized, right? Like that's yeah. the point we're at right now, and I think that's why everybody's trying to do original content because that drops the commoditization point because it then it drives in people who actually want to watch a specific show, right? Like, you know, somebody's like, oh man, are you watching Westworld? And they're like, oh no, I don't have HBO. I'm a loser. <laughs> That's exactly how all the conversations go. Whereas I just didn't watch Westworld because I have zero time anymore. <laughs> you didn't watch Westworld? I see. I'm that loser. <laughs> Moltz, is this okay with you? Um, well... Say it, John. I don't know. Are we done? Is that <laughs> no? He should probably watch Westworld. Is all I'm saying. I think you should watch West Westworld. I will. I know it's on my list. You know, I just hadn't. It's a good was, show. My girlfriend wanted to watch it too, and we could not find the time. We have so much other TV to watch that we're saving that it. We'll get there. Then we'll watch it all in one, and our heads will explode or something. I'm yeah, sure. There's there's so much there's so much on Netflix that it, um it is hard to find time to watch other things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've gotten. To, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I get through a series, and then I'm like, and then I look at what, oh well, what else do they have? And it actually works a lot of the time. Yeah, that's. I mean, I just started watching the. I finished um, Travelers, and I was looking for another show that I could watch while making dinner. Um, which you know has to be something. Can't be Westworld. You know, can't be like Sex and Violence. Have, or have um, to pay and attention. And so, <laughs> well, because Hank might come into the room. So yeah, well, or something that you have to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, right. That's true. Um, so I started watching The Crown, which is really good. Yeah, I just finished so. it, actually. It's excellent. I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. So, yeah, there's your free recommendation for the week, guys. Watch The Crown. <laughs> are, are we doing picks? We're doing our picks I now? Haven't, <laughs> I, I haven't watched uh, The Crown yet, but I will. Um, but I have one more recommendation, right? You're watching these great TV shows. You're watching these great movies on whatever your streaming service is. And you want to sometimes enjoy a good meal at the same time, right? <laughs> That's yes, yes, I do, right? Lex. Here's the thing. I, sometimes I want to make a great meal while I'm watching it. When you're show. cooking the stuff at home, it's super annoying when you're like, 
you have to, you know, buy the whole thing of, I don't know, coconut milk, but then you only need like a little bit of it for your recipe. Not so if you're using Blue Apron, because Blue Apron, my friends, ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, thereby reducing food waste and Friedman annoyance factor. Cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. I can't speak for Dan Moran, but just last night, he was cooking some Blue Apron meals. And last night, my family was cooking Blue Apron meals, and the kids helped out too, and it was a delight. True, Dan Moran? It, that Maybe is true. You, can, you, you can speak for me in that case because I did cook a meal and it was delicious. I'm Some having, meals, having leftovers tonight. What did you like yesterday? Uh, yesterday I had a uh, catfish dish with capers and lentils. Yeah. It was amazing. It was great. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. That is a really good one. The uh, And Moltz is already a Blue Apron lover. You can hear it just in his tone. But some of the meals <laughs> available in January, seared pork chops with farro and cranberry chutney. Spaghetti squash and marinara with mushrooms and garlic knots. And then the one they put on just because they like hearing me struggle. Spicy shrimp and Korean rice cakes with cabbage and furikake. I'm getting better. <laughs> Yo, you're, eh, slightly. <laughs> no? It's, your emphasis is, is wrong. Is what it furikake. Is. Furikake. First of all, this is, this is a family show. Yeah. Usually <laughs> in Japanese, the emphasis is on the first syllable. All right. Molts. Check out this week's <laughs> menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping. By the way, you should really do that. It's free food. By going to blueapron.com slash rebound. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Catfish was really good. Uh, that's blueapron.com slash rebound. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Tim yeah, the catfish. I mean, Hank does not <clears throat> is not much of a vegetable eater, or a, a diff, he's a difficult person to get to eat vegetables. Um, but he was chowing down on those lentils and uh, and whatever the greens, or the like collard, the, collard greens, collard greens. Yeah, yeah that was tasty. Yeah. I'm looking forward. Man, you guys are making me hungry. I have lunch after this. Maybe <laughs> I'll eat my leftovers now. You don't have lunch. As after we this. You have to tape clockwise after this. Damn it! <laughs> I have lunch after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what else is going on? I had a question for you guys. <laughs> All right, ask. What what web browser do you use? Are you both Safari guys? I am. Um, Netscape Navigator. <laughs> 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 I am finding that a lot of, you know, there are a lot more Macs out there than there used to be, right? And I am finding that folks who come to the Mac who aren't Apple nerds love switching to Chrome. And I don't know exactly why. I don't know what it is, but I see uh, so many people who aren't like true Mac nerds using Chrome. Not uh, that we uh, want to disparage true Mac nerd, like I, <laughs> people. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I also see a bunch of Chrome users often for people who are. I like. I have a friend who is not an iOS user, but he is a Mac user, and he mm-hmm. pretty sure he uses Chrome. I use it. It's like my backup browser. Like if something doesn't dis- display correctly in Safari, or uh, if there's something using Flash, which I have not yep. installed for Safari. Uh, I think I still use Chrome for that, but yeah, it's definitely my. my I, I gave choice. up. I gave up on that. I finally I un- uninstalled Chrome, and um, I just decided I wasn't gonna. If there's something in Flash, I'm just not seeing it anymore. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty hardcore. Well, you know, what do you what do you have against hard times, Chrome? Hard times call for hardcore, Dan. Is that is that is that a saying, or did you just make that up? <laughs> You know, and I can't even remember. Yeah, I just made it up. Um, I can't even remember why. You know, something just made me mad, <laughs> and so the, the I just John like I got Bolt rid of it. Story. I was something like, just made you know me what? mad. Forget it, and I got rid of it. And I actually, my the other one I have is Firefox, which I which I you know just basically never use. But 
Unless, you, you know, every once in a while you run into one of those um, yeah. corporate yep. sites, you know, like if you're an insurance company or, or some bank or something like that, um, that still only tests things in Internet Explorer <laughs> 7. <laughs> and you have to, you know, it doesn't when it doesn't work in Safari for some reason. Yeah, um, it's pretty rare. It is very rare. However, I did run into one of those things. Um, it was an insurance company. It that is we invariably were, um, insurance companies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, my guess was that you were both going to be uh, Safari users like me. Like Dan, I, I do. I often have Chrome open <laughs> um, for the occasional thing that doesn't load. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I guess, I don't understand Chrome's surprising popularity for, you know, a, a, a large contingency of Mac users. I don't know. I don't get it. I feel like I would, I mean, this is exactly the yeah. point with Microsoft back in the day, right? But like, of course I want to use the built-in browser. It feels like it has the best shot of working really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's I guess, not- if, I mean, I think if you use, if you use a lot of Google stuff, it works better in Chrome, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's more inter- integrated into that um, ecosystem. And, and then the other thing is, you know, since it's cross-platform, it, you know, if you flip back and forth between machines it's probably easier to have the same browser on both. Right. Yeah. I mean, on the flip side, I am a guy who does not use the default mail app. So what do I know? Oh yeah. What do you know? Not much. <laughs> uh, what, do, what do you, what do you use? So I use Gmail on the web, on the desktop. I typically use it in uh, one of uh, two Gmail devoted apps that are basically just front ends to the Gmail website, Mailplane uh-huh. and uh, go for Gmail. And then on the iOS side, I use spark. Which is a free email client that I like. Yeah, you do a lot more emailing than I do. I do a lot of email. I I deal with literally, you know, hundreds of emails a day, and not just like emails to throw away, but emails that need attention or triage or whatever. I don't know. My issue. I get I get hundreds of emails a day. I just delete them. (laughs) My issue with Apple Mail was always that, uh, especially on iOS, I would end up with uh, it, it would break sometimes. Like it would just load empty messages or not show the content of messages, which no third-party app ever did, but the, yep. the built-in yep. Apple Mail yeah. app I've did, and I just got annoyed. And on the desktop side, I found that Apple Mail, even with tweaks to its preferences, was a little bit too eager to mark the top messages read. Uh, if I marked... So like you're opening one message, and then you, you're done with that one, and the next message in the list automatically gets marked as read, and it's like, nope, nope, haven't read that one yet. <laughs> Don't mark it as read. And oh, then yeah. eventually, in a fit of rage, I fired the app, and it's gone. <laughs> that was years Real. ago. I've never Real. looked back. It's doing okay. Mm. It, it asked me to say hi to you. Um, okay. <laughs> wants you to know it feels very okay. bad about okay. how things ended. <laughs> it hopes you're doing well. Yeah. It passes on good uh, good vibes. Uh, I'm still an Apple Mail user, although I definitely run into some of those problems. It's getting married. <laughs> Lex, I've been, seeing, I've been seeing Apple Mail very seriously for a number of years now. We wanted to tell you something for quite some time now. <laughs> um, but I did have a lot of problems with it. One of the things I noticed um, while I've been traveling is um, in cases where like my iPhone battery starts going down, I often I check the little battery pane and see like what's sucking down my battery life. And invariably, it is mail that is at the top of that list. Um, even in cases where I turned, like, and when I was in India traveling, I turned off, you know, I turned off push mail. I turned off automatic fetching eventually because I realized it was sucking down a bunch of data too. I think part of that is because I do a very bad job of uh, managing my email (laughs) inbox. (laughs) Like, I'm not a filer. I'm a me either. Yeah, I just I used to years ago. I used to be, and I was always, you know, trying to get the inbox zero, and and I finally just said, you know what? 
I'm going to put it all in the inbox. <laughs> yeah, I don't think mail likes that that much. Um, I think it definitely chugs at times when it's realizing you have 70,000 messages in your inbox. Um, when you say it chugs, have... you mean like it has a drinking problem and so to forget nine, your lack of organization? 9,219. Just... Nine? Oh nine? 9,219. I have 78,343. Oh <laughs> you say 78,000? <laughs> yep. Holy crap. <laughs> Well, oh my, my emails how go back. Going for, how far back? Mine goes. My first, my oldest one uh, is from 2010. Uh, 2002. Why, why don't you at least archive them? Right, like not leave them in the inbox, like not f- file them, but just literally just hit the archive button. Or I have no idea. It's like you know, like well, I don't even. Where does that go? Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't worry. know if you guys are Gmail users, but with with the archive with Gmail, like I know all my old messages will be there. I don't have to do anything to take care of them, and. Uh, the inbox, I mean, my inbox is a couple hundred messages. Um, actually, today I have it at 97 right now. By the end of this podcast, it'll be around 150. But um, I, I don't know. Like for me, no, the, I stopped filing more when I realized everything is so easy to search for. Yeah, that's and, the same, same thing. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I file now is like stuff on the personal email side is like stuff for taxes. If it's, like, it's going to relate to taxes, then I file it so that I yeah. can look at it in April and send it to the people who have to understand numbers which i don't understand i the short um, answer for not archiving is that i've apparently been doing this for 15 years and haven't and I'm just too lazy to change <laughs> okay but i i don't know again like john i i feel a little weird about sometimes like oh yeah is that going to an archive is that then access i don't know it's like you know to a certain extent it's if it if it ain't broke don't fix it and it's like it's maybe slightly broke but it's not so broke that it's like not working <laughs> right so okay. someone, some listener is going to call me crazy for this and probably suggest some sort of better solution. And that's very nice. But I'm, I'm just, until this breaks, I'm probably just going to keep doing what I've been doing. This is who you are. I get it. Uh, yeah, this is me. I'm just doing me. This okay. is Dan. Sorry. This is Dan. Dan. That's, that's what I got. This is Dan. <laughs> Hi, this is Dan. I have 78,000 <laughs> messages in my inbox. <laughs> now, the important question that I've been wondering about for a while is, are you guys still playing Mini Metro? I have not played it at all yet. Uh, neither have I. Oh my goodness! Didn't yeah, we talk about it? But this I've been before? I've been meaning yeah, to. You you talked about it. Yeah, you should get it. It's good. Yeah, I've heard good things. I have too. It's I... probably my number one iOS <clears throat> go to game right now. I know it explains why you can't take your turn in Super Stickman Golf Three. <laughs> <sighs> I will take my turn in Super. <laughs> I looked I yesterday. It said two weeks since Lex's last move. I'll take my turn. I will take my turn before this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> i deserve that perfect <laughs> problem solved <laughs> new problem created <laughs> um, oh, look at that i haven't played in two weeks uh, no hank and i hank and i still play that the plants versus zombies game that you don't like um good we play it like we play it like every day um play against each other and um and they're they're good matches they're i mean we're both equally good matches brent they're good matches, Brent. Um, equally matched, and he'll win half of them, and I win half of them. It's good times. All right, last quick topic before we wrap up. Uh, rumors of 10.5-inch iPad. What do you guys think? Likely? Not likely? I think the rumors are extremely likely. <laughs> I, I tend to agree. <laughs> they're, extre- they're extremely likely to be rumors. Uh, well, I think it's probably likely, and I think that they will likely just be a larger screen in a chassis that is very similar if not the same as so, the 9.7 inch i don't think dan got our joke john i'm just yeah. <laughs> we think it's extremely likely that these rumors will happen that the rumors will be rumored hmm. um 
how big? I don't yeah, get I, it. Maybe he got it and he just didn't care. Um, That's possible. That's he didn't. He, possible. he rejected it. I think. Let's move on to an actual conversation. What is the, what is the size of the um the pro, the big pro, again? 12. 12. point nine. It's twelve. Yeah. So this would be between, in between, in between the nine. Well, okay. So again, I think that the likelihood is so Dan Provost of Studio Neat did the math on it. Um, And you remember when uh, Phil Schiller introduced the 12.9, he said you can basically have two 9.7 inch iPad apps like vertically because of the resolution. Like, and so he did the thing where he like rotated the 9.7 inch iPad into it. And it's the same, the height of the 9.7 inch equals the width of the 12.9. And so I think they, he showed uh, Dan show that if you do that with an iPad mini, you can get a 10.5 inch screen mm. um, and a 10 point. He has a picture printed out of a 10.5 inch screen on a nine, like that he just put on a 9.7 inch. And it's like, basically it would have very thin side vessels, but you could do it. Uh, and so I imagine my guess is they will replace the 10.5 inch with an, uh, or replace the 9.7 inch screen with a 10.5 inch screen, but keep the physical object roughly the same size. And that the 9.7 inch will become like, you know, last year's models sold at the discount. Because mm. mm. I don't see why you would have a 9.7 and a 10.5. It's less than an inch. <laughs> yeah, difference. that I don't that understand either. Right. But okay. I mean, I, I, guess, I, I guess that makes sense. I've so seen... are you saying, though, I, I, I will admit, although I saw Dan's article, Provost's article linked a lot, I didn't read it because um, for, for my money, I'm just like, I'll see what the iPad is and that's it. Um, but uh, would this require developers to make their apps available at a new size? Uh, I don't think so because of the resolution would probably be somewhere in between. And because of the way that it, I think, you know, essentially scales these days, I don't think that would really require it. Um, but I don't know for sure. I think the, uh, you know, the key is, I don't know, you get, you have a 12.9, right, Lex? I do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, iPad. <laughs> I thought we were above that, but we're not. We're not above that. <laughs> no, come on. Uh bigger big screens. I don't know. I got nothing. I'm out. What? <laughs> uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm yeah. done with you both. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. <laughs> I got nothing. Someone have to leave. I thought, well, you were you were leading into a question there. You were. I really. I was. have a twelve point something inch iPad. Yeah, I was saying. I think people, if you go between that and a nine point seven inch iPad, the bigger screen is definitely nice. So I can imagine a ten point five inch iPad would be popular because the nine point seven does start to feel a little bit cramped comparatively. Isn't that funny though that it feels cramped? Because it yeah, didn't feel cramped huge. when it first came out. It yeah. felt huge. Yeah, and now everyone's got the twelve point nine inches. Like, oh, this thing's amazing, and I'm like, that looks enormous. I don't want to carry it around. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want one that's bigger, really. But I want to. I want a bigger screen in the same package. So let's make that happen. And I, yes, I use the word package. <laughs> Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, I would definitely be interested in that. I mean, because I I watch a lot of TV on it. Yeah. So. Um, he does. It's true. Lex is watching. Lex is, Lex is watching a lot of me on his. <laughs> Just hold it. Hold it closer to your face, dude. Problem Thanks, solved. <laughs> it's hard to make dinner that way. I yeah. Let's uh. Blue Apron. <laughs> no, I had a. I had a. Uh, I was on the bus with a buddy yesterday. Um, that's that's a lie. You don't have any buddies. Uh, 
As, you know, <laughs> I had a meeting and he worked at the company I had the meeting at. So at the end of the day, I, I rode home with him on his bus stop. Uh, and then he drove me home because my car is in the shop. Good story. Anyway, he was <laughs> saying that he would love to have a device, uh, a pair of glasses or something, so that he could simply see his iPhone screen without having to look down. So when he's doing an hour and a half long bus commute and he's using his phone, he doesn't have to do the awkward neck position for the whole time. And I thought to me, that could be an interesting you know, variant on the Google Glass slash VR thing. Like, I don't want a virtual reality experience. I just want to be able to lean back and still see my phone, which is in my hand <laughs> that's down by my side, but have the screen projected in front of me. So there's there's also an advantage that? to that for, I mean, I know my, my girlfriend, you know, works for a company and they often deal with like confidential information. So she has one of those privacy screens that slides in yep. where you can't see from the edges. Like that would also solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But as we all know, everybody would just use it for porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is why i don't Speaking ride the bus 12 point... <laughs> <sighs> and lex lex is the other reason i don't ride the bus <laughs> people looking at porn and lex and lex that's smart smart the venn diagram there i don't know <laughs> and hopefully they don't those two circles do not <laughs> do not intersect is that it that's it i think we're done i think we're done i think we can go out on that keep watching the clock <laughs>